Good evening, Calvary. Father God, I want to thank you at this moment, Father God, for bringing us to another Friday, Father God, where we can glorify you, Father God. Father God, I ask that tonight's speaker, that he decreases and you increase in him, Father God. Father God, I ask you that you fill this place with your sweet aroma, Father God. Fill us, Father God. Fill us with you, Father God. Overwhelm this place, Father God. Father God, I want to thank you for Tony, Father God, because he never misses a Friday, Father God. Where he can be home relaxing, Father God, he is here opening up the doors so we can praise you, Father God. So I ask for a special anointing and blessing on him and his family, Father God. Father God, tonight I want to thank you that the other day when I went to the supermarket and I put my groceries on the stand and I wiped my card and the lady said, sorry, it's not working. And I said, what do you mean? She said, declined. And the lady behind me said, move out the way. And she wiped her card and she paid for my groceries. So, so Father God, I want to thank you for that lady, Father God, and you increase in her, Father God, what she gave me, Father God. And Father God, the other night when I was walking home, Father God, and there was somebody behind me and you said, pay attention, but I was too much into the music, worshiping you, Father God. And I know I felt the presence, an evil presence, and you said, again, pay attention, but I did it. And you made the person behind me trip, and that's when I paid attention. Father God, thank you for always being with me, Father God. Thank you, Father God, that the grave we dug for ourselves, you saw us worthy, Father God, and you pulled us out of that grave, Father God. Father God, I thank you that you laid on that cross and you died for us, the sinners, Father God. And you saw us, our sins, Father God, and you still send your son down for us. And even though his blood ran red, Father God, our sins were washed white. And I thank you, Father God. I thank you that you never left us, Father God. You never leave us no matter what. We were out there, Father God, and you went for the, you left the 99, Father God, to follow the ones that were lost. And you came and you found us and you wrapped us up and you said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you and I will always be with you no matter what. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that you never, ever leave us, Father God. It's in your word that you will never leave us or forsake us, Father God. And I thank you for that. I thank you, Father God, every night, every day, Father God, every minute that you're with me, Father God. And I know that you're with me. I know that you're with me every day because you show me. You show me every day, Father God. And the more deeper intimacy I get with you, the closer I feel to you, Father God, and I hear you, Father God. I no longer have to wonder if it's your voice telling me to be careful, Father God, because I know it's you talking to me, Father God. And so I thank you for that, God. I thank you, Father God, that you pulled us, Father God, and you pull us closer and closer to you, Father God. And I thank you that you still sit on that throne and you're waiting for the rest of my brothers and sisters, Father God. Our families, Father God, to get closer to you, Father God. So we are so grateful, Father God, that you sit on that throne patiently waiting, Father God, for the other 99 to come to you, Father God. Oh, Father God, thank you, Father God. We worship you and we praise you, Father God. And in your mighty name we pray. Amen.
wonder if we could just spend a moment worshiping the Lord together. I wonder if we could just take a moment, close our eyes, and lift our hands, lift our hearts to the King of glory, and just spend a few moments adoring Him. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your goodness and your presence in our lives. Heavenly Father, truly you are good. Hallelujah. And tonight, we celebrate you. We come into this place, Lord God, surrendering our hearts, surrendering all that we are and all that we have into your mighty hands. We only pray that our worship is acceptable in your sight tonight. It is our agenda, Lord God, only to give you glory that our worship might be as a sweet-smelling savor to your nostrils. We don't care if our worship tonight sounds good. We want it to be good. Hallelujah. We thank you, merciful, holy, righteous, mighty God for this opportunity this privilege, Lord God, to worship you in your temple. You're a good, good father. We serve a good, good father, do we not? Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. of what you think, think you're like, but I've heard a tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God in the highest. Worship you, Lord. We love and adore you, Lord. Hallelujah. And I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide, because you know just what we need before we say a word you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am it's who i am you're a good good it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. 
and we enter your courts with praise. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Are you guys glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to your name. You know, in our society, people have uh, perfected the art of the cell. And we get in our cars and we turn on the stereo and we hear these commercials and they're always trying to sell us something. And they're really convincing some of them, right? And they want to influence us to getting something that they're telling us we need. But here's the truth of it, Natalie. All we need is Jesus. That's right. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's right. Glory to God. Lift my fear by the side of the road. Hear you speak, I won't let go. Fall to my knees as I lift my hands to pray. To be here again, a father's love that draws me in, and all my eyes want to see is a glimpse of you. All I need is you. All I need is you, Lord. Is you, Lord. All I need is you. Savior once again Where would my soul be without your son Gave his life to save the earth Rest in the thought that you're watching over me All I need is you All I need is you, Lord Is you, Lord
night live good evening church happy to have all you who are in the house tonight appreciate you being here appreciate those online appreciating those who are visiting we're about to take the tithe offering but before we do that we want to just say a little something about why we do that the reason why we take these tithes and offerings i'm going to read a couple scriptures real quick the first one is uh first corinthians 15 58 Therefore, beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. But God is not willing to lose anyone to perish, not, not for anyone to perish. God's to save. That's, that's what the church job is, to save the souls. So our reason for taking up tithes and offerings is because we have ministries to, to take care of. We have uh, people who are in need that sometimes it's a necessity, they need help. The church can't move forward unless we're, we have these ministries flowing, unless the church is open, unless the lights are on, unless the heat is cooking, unless the sound booth is, is, is doing their thing with the media, reaching others from the outside, unless the worship team is, is not bringing us into worship with all these ministries, the ministers, the pastors, the churches could not function. Now, there are many ways that we can, we can give. Some give in labor, some give in preaching, some give in ministry, some give in helping the needy, some give by evangelizing, and some give their finances, and some give in worship. But however you choose to lead, one thing God promises, those who give, they shall receive. And one thing about the Lord, 
he honors his word above his name. So at this point, I'm going to pray over the offering, and then we'll take it up. So, Lord God, we thank you for tonight. Lord God, we thank you for all those who are able to give something tonight, one way or the other, Father God. We appreciate what they're able to do online, in the sanctuary, from the, uh, from the mailbox. How are they able to bless the church? They will be blessed back from God. So we thank you, Lord, for opening up their hearts, for having them be a cheerful giver, Father God. And whichever way they give, as long as they give cheerfully and not begrudgingly, then they will be blessed. And we thank you for what's about to happen tonight in this church. And we give you the honor and we give you the glory in Jesus' name as follow the instructions of the ushers. And I 
serve you. I will serve Give you, you everything. And I will lift up. I will lift up my eyes to your throne. My eyes to your throne. And I will trust you. I will trust you. I will trust you alone. I will Jesus, I will trust you alone.
Praise the Lord, church. I just love wearing masks. It's so much fun. It feels so natural. <laughs> Glory to God. I know many of us uh, work in places where we, uh, you know, we have to walk around wearing these silly things 40 hours a week, then another 10 hours a week on the train, going to and from. Uh, it just feels good to be able to yank it off. I actually got a funny testimony. The other day, um, uh, one of my shareholders in my building, you know, I'm a doorman in Manhattan, and one of the people came down and I said, hey, I want to show you a couple pictures. My, my daughter had recently had her sweet 16. And uh, this, this precious young couple bought an apartment in the building almost two years ago. Almost two years ago. And, uh, and so I pulled out my phone and I started scrolling through the pictures. And she was like, wow, your daughter, you're beautiful. They're, your daughter and your wife, they're so beautiful. That's your son, he's so big. And who's, oh my God, you know what I just realized? I've never seen your face. Seeing this woman almost two years, day in, day out, five days a week, she had never seen my face until I pulled out my phone. That's the kind of weirdness this crazy pandemic has put upon us. Uh, I want to, before we get started, I just want to say thank you for sharing that amazing testimony. Um, Natalie, I really appreciate you. It takes courage to share testimonies. Um, and I just want to let you know that I can appreciate, you know, it, it's not easy to share testimonies, um, but it's beautiful when you can talk about the glory of God, when you can talk about the protection and the grace and the providence of God, when you can talk about how God has blessed you and kept you and, and, and held to his word. As he is faithful to his word, right? Hallelujah. He really is faithful to his word. And I am just so grateful to him, so grateful to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that my heart is beating today, my lungs are breathing, my legs carried me here, the brain is functioning, uh, you know, with the help of a little bit of black coffee, glory to God. But we are here, and uh, we are going to take some time to go through the Word of God tonight. The, the theme for the month has changed. We are now moving from maturing in Christ. Um, if you have not seen, um, all, of our, all of our sermons are available on YouTube um, and uh, Facebook and the church website, calvaryny.org. If you want to just kind of go back and catch up and see the episodes of Dear Brother in Christ, uh, Brother Isaac, who, who came to be with us tonight, just told me that he, had, uh, he was able to watch the uh, Maturing in Christ series. And he was blessed by it. And I'm blessed by hearing the testimony that somebody watched it other than the people that were in the four walls. Glory to God. But frankly, it doesn't matter. Numbers don't matter to me. I don't really care. What matters to me is telling God's truth, right? That's, that's what it's all about. It's, a, it's about holding up the word of God and, and lifting Jesus up for the whole world to see. That's where it's at. Um, glory to God. So this month, we are going to be talking about Gratefulness and thanksgiving. Gratefulness and thanksgiving. Um, only fitting because this is the month uh, 
which contains that dear and precious holiday of Thanksgiving. Glory to God, where we all get really chubby and filled with the food that we can only get once a year. For me, it's, it's, it's the amazing combination of arroz gandules with my wife's potato salad and my mom's stuffing on one fork. When you get all three of those on one fork, it is quite literally heaven. So I look forward to that. Uh, please, if you will open in your Bibles to Psalm 100, I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. Your tablets, your phones, your Bibles. I hope you have pens, paper. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're just going to take a look at Psalm 100 tonight. I don't plan on taking a whole lot of time. The chapter actually only has five verses. It's pretty short. But there is a world of God's glory contained therein. So I could spend hours on it, but I won't do that to you tonight. Psalm 100. Master, we thank you for the dear and precious privilege to come into your temple, to come into your house. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that we can come into communion with you, come into communion with one another, with our church family. I thank you, Lord God, for this amazing medium of technology that we, that we use, where we live stream. I thank you for everyone who is watching at home. I pray, Father God, that the same blessings that manifest upon us will manifest upon them at home. Holy Spirit, have your way. You be the teacher tonight. You be the preacher. Holy Spirit, I pray that your word would create a fortress in our hearts and an everlasting um, peace and comfort and strength in our minds, Lord God, uh, that we might have it at instant recall, that we might glorify you, that we might use it, hallelujah, to help us through this crazy and wicked generation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 100. There is a beautiful chapter in Scripture that many of us quote over and over and over again, but I, I don't think that we really take time to look at it and think about it. Um, think about what's, what's in this, this particular chapter and what the implications are. And uh, sometimes we read through chapters and we go through them so quickly, we, we don't realize that we ought to be asking questions as we read. Right. Um, so I, I just want to ask a couple of questions tonight as we go through this chapter. Let's read the whole thing together one time through, and then we will uh, kind of go through it slowly. We'll, we'll, we'll let it pass through the first stomach and head through into the second stomach afterwards. Uh, read with me. Verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. 
For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. We thank You for Your Word tonight, Lord God. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord God, that someone so many years ago put a pen on paper and recorded this and then wrote it over and over again so that it lasted through the annals of time so that it reached us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, Psalm 100 is one of the best-known and most-loved psalms. This hymn of thanksgiving invites the whole world to come to God's temple, which was located in, at the time, Jerusalem, and enter its sacred spaces with unbridled joy and hearts filled with gratitude. Glory to God. Let's look at verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Other versions, uh, this is the New King James Version. This ver- uh, there are other versions that uh, say all the earth or all you peoples, right? It's not just all of the nations of the world. It, the implication is all of the people of the earth. All of the people of the earth and all of the earth itself, right? Psalm... Uh, I think it's 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Even everything that we see every day in nature declare the glory of God. Can I get an amen? So not just the earth itself, but all of the peoples of the earth. right? And remember that this verse is written by a Jewish writer. right? Now it's a little strange when you think about it. Somebody who is in this Old Testament covenant with God, declaring, demanding that all of the people, not just Jews, if you're saying all the earth, all you peoples, it means even the Gentiles, even those who do not call upon the Lord and call God, uh, call upon the Lord as God, rather. Can I get an amen? All, you la- all the earth and all you peoples. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with Singing. These two verses are beautiful. You ever wonder why we get loud in church? You ever wonder why we sing and we shout, right? There are churches, and you may not have been to any in your lifetime, where people are very reserved. I mean, really reserved. They, they sit, they don't even stand up, right? They sit down and their hands are folded just so. And their hair is combed in just a certain way. And their ties and their jackets and their shirts are just firmly pressed. In a just, and they are very, very conservative. Right? And, and although, in a sense, that in itself is worship to God. Right? Putting, people believe that putting on their Sunday best, their, their, their best clothes, it's a sign of respect, reverence to God. So I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just saying that Uh, there are many different ways that people worship God. The Scripture tells us to shout. To shout, right? When when you're excited about something, when you're excited about someone, is it easy to stay quiet? I mean, again, there are some of us who are a little bit more on the reserved side, right? Um... 
See, and, and so this kind of takes me back to the idea of, you know, celebrity, right? We have this strange phenomenon of celebrity in our, in our culture, right? And when we run across people that we have seen on a TV screen for years or we've heard their music and it has touched us in a certain way, people get kind of crazy, right? I remember years ago, I went to a rally. My kids go to this, uh, went to the school called Success Academy. And at the time, there was a big fight to keep charter schools from opening across the city. And there was this celebrity guest named Ashanti who showed up, right? And she's a famous singer. I, I really don't know any of her music, right? I, I've never been like an R&B guy. If anything, I'm more into the rock stuff. Um, but man, she walked in in this first, this big white fur coat. And I thought she just looked like another human being. And there must have been about... 15,000 people there. We were all out in Brooklyn. And there was a stage, and she walked out, and oh my goodness, I had to cover my ears. People freaked out. Right? Um, you ever see, you ever watch footage or have been to like a Michael Jackson concert? Oh, not, not just freaking out, but passing out. People have to be carried out on. The Beatles, exactly right. When they came to the States in the 50s, I think it was the 50s or early 60s, early 60s, and they were singing their tunes. There were these poor girls just fainting in the crowd, going bananas, right? So, and, and they shouted and they went bananas. But the reason, the reason that it was so, their response was so intense, it's because they either had some, somewhat of a, and you could say it's a one-way relationship with the person that they were glorifying, right? I mean, it's, it's impossible for all of those young girls back in the 60s to have known Paul and Ringo and, and uh, John and whoever, George, right? None of them actually knew them. They didn't actually know them, but they had done something. Their, their, their body of work, their music had touched them in a very deep and visceral way to the point when they actually physically saw them. Oh, goodness gracious. It's kind of hard to come into church and into the presence of the Lord knowing who God is and staying quiet. To, un to understand what the Scripture is saying here, you have to recognize that what we're describing, it's a response to relationship. Right? Shout! I don't want to misquote. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands, all the earth, all you peoples. Everybody. Make a joyful shout. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Have you ever wondered how church morphed into this? Right? Where we come and we sing songs. Excuse me. I made the mistake of having Chinese food before I came today. Forgive me. Sinful pleasure. Um, 
that's why we do what we do here on Sundays, on Fridays, and even you know in our in our weekly services on Zoom online. We we have moments where we worship God, where we sing praises. If you ever wondered why we say Hallelujah, it's because it's the highest praise. It's a it's a Hebrew praise that surrendered to God, right? And and in fact, honestly, we read. It's interesting when you go back to Hebrew. There are some things that you read that kind of stump you, that make you think about the Scripture in a different way. I, was, I went forward into Psalms 101, I believe. Um, let me see. Let me just make sure I'm right. Or was it 99? It might have been 99. There's a, they use the word worship in this psalm. Right? can't remember which one it was. The word worship is in one of these psalms. It may have been in the, uh, in the NIV because I was, I was looking New King James NIV. And yes, I was actually reading the NIV. I'll tell you why in another, another time. I know it's shocking. Worship, right? He's got it. So worship to us, we hear worship today. And because of our current culture of worship and what it looks like in the church, um, we get the sense of, you know, but believe it or not, the word worship in the Hebrew in that text, um, it, I, I actually have this um, ridiculously gigantic copy of the Psalms. Um, uh, there's a Jewish gentleman in the building I work at. He gave me a copy. It's called Tehillim. Tehillim, right? And it's, 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 it's a weird book. It's actually backwards, right? It, you turn the pages this way instead of this way. Um, but it has the original Hebrew and then it has the transcription in English, the translation in English. And I was reading side by side where we say worship, what they, they say lay prostrate before him. Our verse says worship him. Their, their version says lay prostrate before him. And that's like two, because of our current culture, it, and it gives us this like a two totally different vibes. Right? We see the word worship and we're thinking, to them, worship is flat on your face. How interesting is that? How interesting is that? It also gives you the gl- a glimpse into the intention, the sentiment of the original writer of these psalms. He wasn't thinking worship the way we think worship. He was thinking worship where he's laying flat on his face. Prostrate is the word that's used before God because of his deep reverence for God. To be in his presence. Like in our current culture, we think, yeah, I was, in, I was at church yesterday and you know, God was there. In David's day, he would have said, I was in the temple yesterday and God showed up and I could not move. That's the big difference, right? You think of that, when you think of it that way, it kind of changes the sense you have of what it means to worship God. Hallelujah. Verse 3. Verse 3. The, by the way, they, they also... Um, In verse 2, in that original Hebrew, serve the Lord with gladness. That word Lord 
they don't use the word Lord. They use the word Adonai, which is, uh, which is a replacement for the, uh, I think it's called the Tetragrammaton. Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, Adonai, which simply means Lord, but it also means Lord and Master. Lord and Master. Hallelujah. Verse 3, know that the Lord, He is good. Know that the Lord, He is good. It's interesting, in the concordance, this verse is connected to a number of other psalms the intention of the original writer, the, 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 the flavor of it is remembering. Remembering, I'm sorry, that he is God. Forgive me. I'm reading. I think I need new glasses. <laughs> know that the Lord, he is God. Right? Did I say that before or did I say good? I'm fired. You're going to have somebody else here Friday. It looks just, just like me, but it's not going to be me. I'm going to be locked in the closet, serving penance, kneeling on rice. No, just joking. Know that the Lord, He is God. It's the idea of remembering that He is God. Right? When you read it, I think the other, the other verse was 116 that it was connected to. I don't, I don't think it was this, this Bible that I had found it in, but there was a verse in 116 that it was connected to where it talked about how the Lord had brought the writer of that psalm out of a distress, out of a tribulation, out of a trial, and he had to remember who God was. Right? There's a caution there. Know, know that the Lord, He is God. It's so easy in our world, in our current culture, in our current society, in our circles of people around us and the situations, the scenarios that we come across every day to forget who's in control, who's running the show. We're not God. No, He is God. Remember in all things that He is God. Glory to God. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. And to me, that, that verse just reeks of um, a caution to remember not to be prideful. Right? Some, of us, some of us are you know, talented. Some of us make some money. Right? Some of us have great jobs. Some of us have the gift of gab. And some of us can get by in this world pretty good using their own skills and talents. And it's easy to become prideful. It's easy to say, I paid my bills on time. Right? Oh, look at this guy. See how bald is tired? That, there was this, that reminds me, of, there's a guy in my job. Um, he had bought a brand new uh, Chevy Traverse. It's actually a car that I wouldn't mind getting myself. <laughs> And uh, he, he, he was driving this brand new truck, and there was this weird snowstorm last, I think it was last year. And uh, everybody was like slipping and sliding. Do you remember this? It was like one day, there was like a little bit of snow, and everybody got stuck in New York City. And he was able to coast by because he had a brand new truck with brand new tires. And he had just gotten out of a crappy Toyota, Cam uh, not a Camry, a little co uh, Corolla. And it was, it was kind of busted. 
But he had this brand new truck, and he was proud of it, right? And as he was driving past people, he's telling me the story afterwards. You know, I'm driving past these people, looking at their cars, and all their tires are bald. Where do they think they're going? He's like, I had no trouble driving. That's pride. That's pride, man. (laughs) That's the devil's sin. He got cast out of heaven for that one. I think that's probably the one we need to be most most careful about. Hallelujah. It is He who has made us. It, It wasn't a special honor and privilege for God to make us. It wasn't like, ooh, 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 I get to make this now. And He picked up some dirt and blew into it and created man. It wasn't. It was just by incredible grace that he did so. We didn't make ourselves. We didn't put ourselves on this earth. A lot of scientists would have you to believe that we evolved into what we are today. Oh, we are. We have. We have all of these incredible scientific discoveries. We can now take body parts and put them on other people, and we just we're, we we can do anything we put our minds to, just like that Tower of Babel. Right? And that pride caused God to confound the languages of these people at the Tower of Babel in Genesis. What makes us think that God isn't still annoyed by our pride? Hallelujah. He made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Hallelujah. The word sheep appears over and over again in the Psalms. And you kind of wonder why. Right? Sheep aren't particularly fierce. They aren't known to be hunters or to be self-sufficient. They aren't known to create shelters for themselves. And in fact, if, if somebody didn't come along and trim their hair every so once in a while, their wool would get so thick, they wouldn't even be able to walk. <laughs> they would look like they weighed a million pounds but be starving to death because they wouldn't be able to reach the ground because they can't eat. Somebody has to take care of these things. We are the sheep of his pastor. pasture. Uh, this, this verse implies intimate care. Now I know I know, um, you know it's it's not right to have pictures of Jesus, right? It's, it's against one of the commandments, but we've we've all seen images where Jesus is carrying the sheep across, upon his shoulders, right? That's a very intimate relationship. He takes care of us. The truth of the matter is is that we can't take care of ourselves. Honestly, for me personally, just, just, just being transparent, if it were not for Christ finding me, I wasn't looking for him. I wasn't looking. I had no inclination. I didn't wake up one day and think to myself, oh my God, I desperately need God in my life. No. He drew me in. I'd be lying if I said otherwise. He drew me in and converted me and put that desire to repent in my heart. 
He helped me to feel the burden of my own sin, which drew me to repentance. If not for that, truth of the matter is, I, even as a young man, never expected to live past 30. That's the truth. As a young man, all of my idols, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, you know, uh, uh, what was the other guy from Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, all of these musicians, and you know, I was listening to their music and really inspired by their uh, music, and I was touched viscerally by what they wrote. And I started playing guitar and started playing in bands, and I wanted to be just like them. And I thought to myself, I'm probably going to be dead at 27, just like them. Man, the devil's a liar. <laughs> he is a filthy, rotten, dirty liar. And he hates us. And really, it's not personal. It's not against us, really. It's really against God. But he thinks the only way he can hurt God is by hurting us. Listen, if you're watching online and you have these thoughts, thoughts like that, man, the devil's a liar. Rebuke him. You are precious. You are cherished. Jesus died for you and for me. Hallelujah. Shut the mouth of the devil. Stop listening to that voice. Find the voice of God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Hallelujah. And those who know his voice, worship him. And those who are the sheep of his pastor, pasture, enjoy a blessed and wonderful life, right? If you are one of the Lord's sheep, and I know it's, it, it has like this weird thing, like, why are you calling me a sheep? Well, we just went through it. We can't take care of ourselves, right? We, we can't, we, if we left to our own devices, we would self-destruct. We have seen it throughout human, human history. There's just been nothing but wars over land, which was free. Nobody paid for it. It's all, God gave it to us as a gift, but we're trying to kill each other over something that God gave to us for free. Really weird. But without God, without His standard in our life, we would self-destruct. That was the trajectory of my life. I was self-destructing. I was high all the time. All the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when we are his sheep, when we surrender to the master, when we live our lives according to his word, we enjoy free reign in the goodness and the blessing that comes from him. Amen? Now, is, is that to say that life is hunky-dory? No, you may be walking down the block and somebody may be following you. And you, you might know deep down inside they mean to do you harm. And God may do something as simple as Trip that dude. <laughs> Throw a monkey wrench in his plan. You're enjoying life in his pasture. Right? A total stranger swiped their credit card while you were online. Enjoying the life in his pasture. Now many would have us to believe that, you know, God wants us to have a BMW or a Humvee. You just needed some groceries. And the Lord took care of you. 
That's what we're talking about. That's what we're really talking about. Give us this day our daily bread. (laughs) Glory to God. Watching God's mercy and faithfulness in our life. Beautiful. Again, I'm really impacted by your testimony. Thank you for sharing it tonight. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Intimate care. One-on-one care. Just like that image of Jesus holding the sheep on his shoulders. Glory to God. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. It's interesting that all of this has led up to these two verses. It's specifically describing what it ought to look like when you come to the house of the Lord. The gates would have been the temple in Jerusalem at that time. The gates were the, the outer gates where you walk into the temple. And then on the inside of those gates, you had these gigantic courts, right? Where there would be, there would, there would, uh, sacrifices would be taking place, right? Really bloody sacrifices. I know it sounds stomach-turning, but this was the old covenant, right? They would have to kill sheep and goats and oxen and bulls in order to make things right between God and man in order to appease a righteous and holy God, in order for him to forgive sin temporarily. Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Do you know that... um, Do you know that the temple experience is is not about you? Do you know that walking into this church, right? This is our temple. It's kind of like a small baby version of what that temple of Jerusalem was like. But, and by the way, we don't have to kill any sheep at the altar. Thank God. James and his crew who cleaned the church would not be happy. That would be a very unexciting Tuesday night. Um, how many of us know that entering the temple is it's not about us, it's about God, right? There's a reason we come here, right? And I've heard so many times where people say, oh, I got to get to church this Sunday. I need to get my praise on. I need a blessing from the Lord. I can't wait to see my sisters. I can't wait to see my brothers at church. That's, that's good. But inherently, deep down inside, a lot of times, the church comes to the temple and somewhere in our minds it is turned into, it's all about us. I hope the AC is right today. I was sweating last Sunday. I hope that annoying lady with her 12 kids did not show up today. They drove me crazy. Oh God, I hope Tony's not preaching today. Puts me to sleep. Hey, I can make fun of myself. It's okay. You don't have to rebuke me for making fun of myself. Only if I'm making fun of somebody else. And it's all about us. Right? If the sound system is not just right, if, if the conditions 
for our satisfaction and our comfort aren't met, we, it's, it's almost like, oh, this, this place, there's something wrong. I'm uncomfortable. We ought to enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts, the place where sacrifice is made to appease a holy and righteous God By the way, God and sin, they just don't mix. They just don't. Sin is so incredibly offensive to God that it literally takes shedding of blood to appease Him, to say, okay, I won't destroy you today. Today. That was the Old Testament covenant. Right? And, and a little further, once you pass the courts, there was a, there's another section where there's this, this um, I can't remember what it's called at, at this point. Uh, it's kind of like this, this um, tent that you walk in. There's an outer part. They have some implements of worship. And then you come into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God is and the Ark of the Covenant is. Right. And uh, this was a place so holy that Nobody could walk into because they would literally die. I'm not, I'm not being exaggerative. Yeah, the Titsis, right. You, hey, you watch that one. Hallelujah. And the priest, if he walked in with just a little something wrong, if he didn't come correct, as we say in the Bronx, he would literally drop dead. This is all, that's how serious it is. Can I say something to you? It's the same God today. And that's the truth. But sometimes in the church we don't think of it that way. Oh, he's just he's such a good God. He Oh, he knows my heart. Oh. I don't know how many times I've heard that term and deep down inside I'm like, you don't know what you're saying. justify your own sinful behavior because God knows our heart. Yeah, He does. And He put in a scripture that our heart is sinful and wicked. No man can know it. It's the same God of the Old Testament. Same God. Same one. His hatred of sin has not changed. How could you walk into his gates with anything but thanksgiving and gratefulness and celebration and joy? And if you don't, you simply don't know him. Check this out. In order to make it right, in order to do a permanent fix to this sin issue, issue. and by the way, after we are born again, it doesn't mean that we are, we, we are cleansed of our sin. But it doesn't mean that we stop sinning. We continue to sin. And we have to, we have to continue to repent daily. All right? But as we do that, the righteousness of Christ and, and the washing away of our sin right, happens over and over again. Here's the difference. We actually belong to God now. And that holy of holies 
is on the inside of you. Because that Holy Spirit, that Ruach Kodesh, that was in the Holy of Holies, that Spirit of God, actually is given to us as the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. That's a new covenant. Could you imagine? Can you walk into the church of God, into the building where the place of worship is, without shouting for joy? Oh, man. Man, how could you not? When you think of it in those terms, when you recognize and realize that that God of the Old Testament has not changed, His His Word tells us that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here's what happened. Jesus. It was His atoning sacrifice that made us right with God that continues to make us right with God daily through the washing of His Word. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? The temple experience is not about you. It's about the Lord. So now that we know that it's the same God of the Old Testament that we worship in our church today, Um, Do we allow what we know about God to influence what we do and how we respond in His temple? Knowing that that same God from the Old Testament, that if you walked into His presence with just a tiny little thing that was off in your life, you would drop dead. Now you can walk into His presence confidently, boldly, Paul tells us that we can enter the presence of God boldly, confidently. Why? Because of Jesus. Hallelujah. What we do in the temple is an external expression of something that is developed on the inside. Right? Gratefulness is a simple external outward expression of the joy and the gratefulness on the inside. It's the evidence of God working right here. Right? And I know some of us are more reserved on Sundays, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. I remember years ago, I used to go to, this, uh, go to church with a gentleman named Jaime. Jaime. And he was a big, wonderful brother in Christ. And he was probably the most joyful spirit I've ever met in my life. And he was a very large brother, and... Sometimes he would, he would get this, this kind of joy upon him and he would start spinning <laughs> in the front by the altar. And, uh, and, and, you know, we just all loved him. So we all just made sure we got out of the way. He was, he was a very large dude. And he had these very thick arms that looked like legs. And, if, you know, he literally spun around with his eyes closed. And then, uh, you know, for like a, for a few seconds, and then he would stop, and he'd just kind of be like this. And, uh, and, and, and so, but if you saw that taking place, you got out of the way. <laughs> you just kind of had grace and said, oh, there goes Brother Jaime. Fortunately, nobody ever got hurt. Glory to God. Please don't do it here. <laughs> it's, the building was a lot bigger over there. Hallelujah. Um, where am I? All right, so let's keep going. 
Be thankful to him and bless his name. Bless, in the original Hebrew also is praise. Praise his name. Why? Why should we shout unto God? Why should we bless his name? Why? For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. It's one of his divine attributes. He is good. He is good. And many people misunderstand God's goodness. A lot of times they take it for granted. Here's how good God is. He knows that we can never live up to his moral standards. Never. Not if we had a million, trillion years to try to work on it to get it right. All right, so that idea of, you know, um, what's that? that um, the Buddhist thing where you come back to life over and over again? Say it again. Car- reincarnation? Reincarnation nonsense where you can come back and, you know, get better, and then all of a sudden you reach the state of perfection, and then you go on to be a god or god or something. Right? That's, that's just, that's, that's, that's a satanic doctrine from the mind of Satan spoken through the mouths of men. The idea, if we had a trillion years, we could not perfect it. We just couldn't. But God's moral standards are high. He is so good that he came down and died himself. God himself came down and died. Was nailed to a cross so that our sins could be forgiven. How does that make sense? It doesn't. You could contemplate it for a million years. It just doesn't make sense. This God, this creator who owes us nothing. We are his creation. If we're unhappy with something we made, what do we do? We just toss it in the garbage, right? No. He literally gave himself as a sacrifice so that his, his unrighteousness, his unrighteous creation could have his own righteousness applied to it so that we could live in eternity with Him. That's the goodness of God. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. His mercy is what? Everlasting. The original Hebrew has it at, the word mercy is also a stand-in for loving kindness. His mercy His loving kindness is everlasting. What a merciful God. I certainly did not deserve His mercy. I don't deserve it now. I will never deserve it. I can never earn it. But His loving kindness towards me, His loving kindness towards you, Natalie, it's everlasting. And this powerful powerful point at the end, this is such a beautiful kind of an exclamation point is, is 
sort of a punctuation at the end of this psalm. His mercy is everlasting. And, and look at this. Look at this. And His truth endures to all generations. Other versions replace the word truth because it holds better to the Hebrew as faithfulness. In that copy of the Tehillim that I told you about, the original Hebrew from the Jews that gave it to me, literally, I, I'll bring it here one day so you can look at it. It, it almost takes two people to carry it. I'm so, it's really, it's crazy. It's This, this thick. It's only one book of the Bible. Just the Psalms. Just the Psalms. It's enormous. It just shows you, you know, the spirit of the Pharisees, you know, their, their, their ideology was go big or go home. Let everybody see it. We just want to show off. Right? I'm sorry. I, I'm getting distracted. And his truth or his Faithfulness to his promises endures to all generations. His faithfulness to his promises. Right? God was faithful to his promise to Abraham. We see it with the nation of Israel. We see it with the Hebrews. We see it with Israel. And we see how God was faithful to them simply because of one man. You have to remember, as you read the Old Testament, as you go through all of those books of the Bible, and you read how God moved in favor as Israel, it was because of a commitment to one guy. Right? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Right? Because Abraham believed God, I'm sorry, Yes, because Abraham believed God. God made some promises to Abraham that no matter what his wicked children did over the course of time, they kind of went through this crazy cyclical running away from God, rejecting God, coming back to God, running away from God, rejecting God, coming back to God over and over again for hundreds of years. But God kept bringing them back, pulling them back, restoring them because of his commitment and his promise to one guy. Can you believe that? Could you even imagine for a second that kind of faithfulness? I mean, you know, we, we, we run into people in our lives and they do us wrong one time and, and we're like, that ain't never going to happen again because I will never let you do that to me again, ever. Cut people off instantly. But God is faithful to his promise. If he says he's going to do something, you can bank on it every day for infinity. It also says, that the King James, New King James says, his truth endures. Right? By the way, God's truth never changes. Never changes. We have this phrase that, we, that people commonly use today. Speak your truth. What the heck are you talking about? God's truth never changes. His word is not going to change. His standard will not change. His faithfulness towards His people, towards His promises to His people, will not change. 
Why? Promises are bestowed to us who are in the new covenant because of one man, not Abraham, Jesus. Because of Jesus, we are in that new covenant, right? The bread is my body. The wine is my blood. We drink this honoring the new covenant, right? That old covenant was with Abraham. This new covenant is with God himself manifested in the flesh. He made it impossible for the devil to get in between. Our covenant is directly established with God Himself, His blood, His blood, established in His blood. The covenant is established in His blood. Nobody can come against that. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. His faithfulness to His promises. Hallelujah. His faithfulness to His promises. So when we come into God's, when we come into communion with God, and it doesn't necessarily have to be on a Sunday, right? Because remember how I said the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was, we have in a sense become now the temple of God, God dwelling in us. If we just think of it that way, we have to remember that we should always be in that spirit of thankfulness. We should always be in a mood and a, and a mentality um, of praise, right unto God. Glory to God, right? If he, is living, if he is living in us, hallelujah, he is always with us. He has promised that he would always be with us. So we ought to be filled with perpetual joy we always be we, we ought to live in a state of constant thankfulness we have to remember that he is god we did not create ourselves but we were created by him for his pleasure so that we could have a relationship with him so that we could worship him hallelujah and so that he could show his glory in this earth through us by the, old, by, the testament, by the covenant established through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Glory to God. Is anyone still awake? Glory to God. There's at least one still awake. <laughs> Master, we thank You. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You that Your truth endures forever. We thank You that You are merciful. Hallelujah. And that Your mercy is everlasting. And Lord God, we thank You because you are good. Hallelujah. You are the good, good Father that we sing about. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, every chance we get, we're going to tell somebody about you. Every chance we get, if we bump into somebody who doesn't know you, hallelujah, who is wondering why we are filled with thanksgiving, when we are filled with joy, even in a world that's miserable, even when people come against us and we shout for joy in your presence, Lord God, and they see it, hallelujah, and they give us that weird look, help us to identify us, help us to identify the moment, and help us to be a witness for you. 
Help us to testify of your goodness. Help us to testify of your mercy. And help us to testify how your truth is enduring to all generations. How you are faithful to your promises. Despite how we feel. Despite our circumstances. Despite the daily routines that we go to that are trying to constantly bring us down. You are with us. Lord, we cherish your word this night. We thank you for it. I pray that all that we spoke tonight would be hidden in our hearts so that we would not sin against you. Heavenly Father, I pray that your, your blessing and your protection would continually be upon your people, Lord. And I pray that in the coming days, months, weeks, that we would continue to hear more testimonies. Give your people the courage to come forward and testify of who you are and what you've done. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify your name. I pray that you would get us home safely, dispatch your angels to guide us and guard us as we go home, and prepare us for Sunday that we might come here and worship you again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Buenas nachos, everybody.